What's up, Video Landers? I'm your host, Mr. Miggity Back. And with me tonight is my co-host, Dr. Diamond Duh. Triple G. Quick reminder, you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com or on our Facebook at Adventures in Video Land. We are critics with attitude. In many of our AV podcasts, you'll hear some bad language, <laughs> but that's not really our style. Nope. So we'll try to keep this rated PG-13 with nut shots, tree splits, and finishing moves. Also, spoiler alert, if you don't want tonight's movie ruined, pause this episode, watch the movie, and come back later. With that said, tonight we'll be talking about Season 8 Pantheon number nation, nomination number 9, Bloodsport. Nominated by Nathan Plantiga. Guest voter, Joshua McLaughlin. And before we get to any of that, Dr. Diamond Doug, mm -hmm. let's chat about Pantheon. Let's do that. What is Pantheon, my friend? Sure. Well, Pantheon, for those who are new, refers to movies that hit on all cylinders. Acting, directing, script, score, cinematography, special effects. They are essential viewing. Best of its genre. And they have that little je ne sais quoi. I don't even know what that means. Never gets old. There are nine members of the AV Council. Every three weeks, a council member nominates a movie. Everyone else votes yes or no with their reasons. In addition, there's a guest voter and... There's a Facebook poll that counts as another vote. Total of 11 votes. Each movie needs two-thirds majority to get in, which is seven votes. Right. Nine council members. One Facebook group. One guest voter. And it may make it in. Never know. You just never know. Yeah. Let's talk about some previous nominations this season. Sure. Uh, Hot let's off the just, press. Right? Yeah. Alien that we just talked about. 10 mm -hmm. of 11. 10 of 11. Made it in. Prior to that, The Florida Project, hmm. 6 of 11, no, did not make it. The make Blob, it. 4 of 11. Not even close. Goodfellows, 6 of 11. Missed it by that much. Mm. Tropic Thunder, 8 of 11. Yes. Made it in. Made it. Scott Pilgrim versus the entire whole world. Man, it seems like forever since we talked about Scott Pilgrim. Eight, did it make it? 8 of 11 yes. made it in. And... Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox, 9 of 11. The council loves their Wes Anderson and Hook. <gasps> oh, Robin Williams! 4 of 11. Son of a gun. Did not make it. Did not make it. All right. Well, hey, you know what? Uh, this uh, Bloodsport, this has, I think, a solid... This is a little different recording that we have it for this is, podcast. It is, and, and if you're listening to this, you already know the outcome yeah, of this. Yeah, those of you that are common, but I, those of you that know us well know that we're actually doing this particular podcast after the nomination process is over, yeah. summer vacation, Vacation's some gotten Disney away. time, some yeah. summertime in so, northern Michigan. Got mm, all in there. And all the things and things. All the things and the things. But... That is okay because we still want to talk about blood sport. Wait, kick, wait, blood kick sport, kick kicks, sport, kick blood boxer, kicks. blood kicks, Lock, boxer, blood boxer, blood kick sport, blood boxer. sport, blood sport. We blood still sport. want to talk about blood sport. And my apologies, Mister Adam, you know who you are. All right, so let's do a little. Let's have a little foreplay. A little foreplay. A little foreplay. What are some of your? Let's say one or two of your favorite fighting movies. Now, obviously, Rocky is going to just. Be right there. Right there. You know, like and... Easy, low-hanging fruit. Fun movie. I was also thinking, because we're talking about uh, not just a fighting movie, but like a fighting montage mm -hmm. movie, uh, it, that like there might going. be some uh, thoughts about that. And I was thinking, here comes the boom. Yes. It's not a Pantheon movie. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I don't think it would be, but it was a lot of fun to watch. Wouldn't it be a fun nomination? Hint, <laughs> hint, hint, wink, wink, say It would more. be a lot of fun. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. Also, I mean, there's older movies like... Sure. Uh, over the top, over the top, <laughs> which is not like yes. fighting, fighting. Yeah, uh, the, uh, the there's some fun ones out there. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was gonna throw out the Karate Kid because, yeah. like, uh, yeah, obviously. But I was also gonna throw out there uh, is a movie that I'm not sure everybody has seen, but I found it to be fun. Never back down. Sure. And it's a uh, it's 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 a uh, it's a MMA style, almost street style fighting movie about 
kids, uh, some young kids who go to a gym to stay out of trouble, but they learn how to cage fight essentially, and then they you know push forward in this whole montage, and there's the whole like, oh, I'm separating from my trainer, we're on different paths, but then they get back together again, and you know there's a lot of that kind of uh, uh, stereotypical fight training montage win in the end Absolutely. kind of a deal. Now, we just mentioned Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which yes. also now is Pantheon. Yes. So it's not, uh, we're not throwing out movies that are about fighting or have some no. sort of montage spirit to them or, or, or training, right. like, like not training montage, but the uh, progressive. Progression. You know, like a tournament style. Yes. Tournament style. And then you and I watched a two movies, a, a two film series mm-hmm. about Miss Becky. Yes, Becky and the Wrath of and, Becky. And the Wrath of Becky. And it's not uh, a formalized fighting movie, but this teenage girl does some serious fighting in this yeah. movie. And uh, there's a Kevin James connection. There's a... Uh, oh, 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 the, the, the guy Stifler. From yeah, Stifler. The guy that plays yeah. Stifler uh, from the, the, the American Pie. Yeah, this is so, great stuff. And there. these movies, both of them, that I hadn't really heard about these, but they're a lot of fun to watch. So if you're looking for something that's just a bloody, gory kind of revenge flick, uh, female yes. uh, empowerment movie, yes. uh, check out the Becky, the Becky series. series. Yeah, and and it's got some top names like Hollywood actor Kevin James yeah. and and yeah Joel no, McHale. Joel McHale is in there exactly. All right, let's talk about some facts about Bloodsport. Sure. Bloodsport came out in 1988. It is rated R. It is an action drama directed by Newt Arnold, who was... Actually, he has a lot of assistant director and yeah. second unit director yeah. type credits, but he was assistant director on The Godfather 2. Uh, written by Christopher Cosby, Mel Friedman, Sheldon Lettich. A story by Sheldon Lettich, who also wrote Rambo 3. Produced by Mark DeSale, Yoram Globus, and Menachem Golan. Who did Breakin' and Breakin' to Electric Boogaloo, one now, of my favorite movie names of all time, by the and, way. Uh, and I dropped that on the list because Breakin' is where we, uh, many of people were introduced to Jean-Claude Van Damme, yes. who was a dancer. As a dancer. A, a random extra yeah, dancer. Yeah, like in the back. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Cinematography by David Wirth, who did Lady Dragon 1 and 2. Edited by Carl Kress, who has an Academy Award for best film editing from Towering Inferno. By the way, love that movie as a kid. Probably watched it a half dozen times back when you couldn't just watch it whenever you wanted to. Great movie. Michael, uh, and, and also edited by Michael J. Duthie. Uh, music by Paul Herzog and Stan Bush. Production Canon Films. Distributed by Warner Brothers again in February of 1988. It's a, not a very long movie. A, a no. traditional hour and a half, Svelte. 92 minute movie. Svelte. Starring, as we've said... The J.C.V.D. Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, with the worst American accent in the universe in this movie. Donald Gibb, from Ogre. Uh, Leah Ayers, uh, who did 273 episodes of The Edge of Night. And if you see her and you're like, I know her from somewhere, it's because she's been on every soap opera in the universe, including The Edge of Night. Norman Burton, Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. uh, Bolo Young. From End of the Dragon and a bunch of other things, Philip Chan and Roy Chow, who was the dad, who was the father, the trainer. Uh, synopsis: Give us a little quick little sure, synopsis. From the IMDb. IMDb's synopsis: Bloodsport follows Frank Dukes Ducks, uh, an Dukes. American martial artist serving in the military who decides to leave the army on furlough. Not just like he's not correct. Uh, he's not a wall. He's nope. on furlough. To compete in a martial arts tournament in Hong Kong where fights to the death can occur. Right. So, and that honestly, you know, sets it up and introduces Frank Dukes, who is the a, a real life person. Yep. Uh, who uh, the story was supposedly written based on his actual experiences. Yeah. Uh Arguably, yes, we will talk later yeah, about but, the legitimacy. But there legitimately is a person or was a person named yeah. Frank Dukes, and this was uh, the story he told. A story he told, and there's even a book, and so on and so forth. All right, let's do some ratings, reviews, and receipts. On IMDb, it has a 6.8 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, it's a 46% rotten, 74% audience score. 
Uh, Rotten Tomato Reviews from Brandon Collins, Medium Popcorn. Uh, rated as fresh. It's very entertaining despite making absolutely no sense. Terrible acting, but it's so fun. Almost like Roadhouse. That is... Uh, uh, I, like that's I am, blasphemy? That's blasphemy, sir. <laughs> the 80s were wild. I added by the, the, yeah. the, the blasphemy line is me, uh, but yes. But so fun, almost like Roadhouse, the 80s were wild. From Leonard Clady, Los <laughs> Angeles Times. Hey, Clady. Hey, Clady. Says it's rotten. Hacking through the jungle of cliche and reservoir of bad acting and blood sport are some pretty exciting matches. That's true. There was some good fights. So he's saying, like, it's it, it's poorly acted. A lot of cliches. Uh, but fun. Yeah. Sometimes. Fun. All right. So, uh, Metacritic reviews, 29, uh, based on 5. 5. Not a lot of reviews. Not so a lot of reviews. The, uh, but it got a 29 average. Uh, uh, Time Out London staff gave it a, well, their Metacritic review is, ra- is, is rated as a 40. Uh, Forrest Whitaker's cameo adds plumage to what was otherwise a well-plucked turkey, humorless, and plagued by a script full of stilted mumbo-jumbo. All right. All right. Non-credited. I Not see credited. you. Mm-hmm. 25 from Hale Boddicker of the Miami Herald. Bloodsport offers some lurid but fascinating bits. Chief among them, Van Damme, his feet tied to two poles, performs horrifyingly painful splits. Otherwise, Bloodsport boasts bad acting, bad photography, and a bad script. So much for the art of motion pictures. Mm, two harsh reviews from the Metacritic. Harsh. From the Metacritic Hoi Polloi, which has a 7.9. 34, uh, positive, 5, five middle, yeah. 3, negative. negative. So that's actually, you know, as a ratio, that's pretty good. Gloom Shroom rated it as 10. I have never seen, felt, such a satisfying Jean-Claude Van Damme movie before. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know which ones that he saw before, you know. Maybe he saw Time Cop after this. Or, we don't or, know. Or Double Trouble. Wait, or Kickboxer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Royal Guy 07 gave this a three. Oh. The JCVD American accent is pretty amusing. <laughs> Main problem is Frank Dukes is just a very boring and uninteresting character. Almost all the sides uh, side stories besides Jackson, like... Ooh. The cops, Over. the love interests, etc., are very bad. When they are kicking and screaming, it's fine. And by the way, Jackson, Ogre, from Revenge of the Nerds, was a highlight of this movie for me. I love seeing him in this movie. Uh, all right, well, on the Adventures in Videoland Facebook comments from our from our AV folk, uh, Keegan Goodman said, Shocked this wasn't already in. He means in Pantheon. Sure. I'm just wondering if that was a cut, cut and paste ghost from Alien or not. I'll have to go back and check to see whether or not Keegan said that about Bloodsport. Well, we should or check about that. The, the last one. I, I might have left that in the formatting. <laughs> oh, ouch. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe Keegan loves this. Uh, it's possible. Let us know, Keegan, if you're listening to that. Uh, George West said Bloodsport is fun, but absolutely not Pantheon. Lisa Fernandez says Kumite, Kumite. Kumite. Are you sure it's not pronounced Kumite? 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 <laughs> Cuban. Cuban. <laughs> Rich Pope responded with Chong Lee, Chong Lee, Chong Lee. <laughs> Todd Polt says, yes. He's a man go. of many words, actually. John Shippey said, I absolutely love this movie, but I got to stay from what I remember. The acting wasn't great, and it was loaded with cheesiness, which I love, but to me, it just isn't close to the best of its genre. Mm. I'll rewatch before I vote, but if I had to guess, it's going to be no. Bill Wheat says, I'm going to sit this one out. I'll be out of town in no time to rewatch. I'm inclined to say no just because I'm not sure which category of Pantheon this would go into. Schlock? If that exists, there are titles I think are better. I wish we could have two weeks to vote instead of just the one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, uh, let's talk about some receipts here. And now, uh, you mentioned earlier um, movies with fight, mo- with training montages or, or, or fight imp- tournaments improvement or improvement montage. Yeah. So I picked a nice sampling and a couple we've, we've mentioned already. 
But let's just start with uh, the, 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 the movie at the topic here, Bloodsport, released in 1988, 92 minutes, as I said, directed by Newt Arnold. A production budget of $1.1 million. So none, none of the actors got rich on this bad boy. Domestic gross, 11.8, worldwide, same. The average ticket price in 1988 was $4.11. Now that's significant. Why is that significant? Because of our patented... Trademarked. Copyrighted. Registered. Reserves. Uh, calculation we do called the BSI, or Butts and Seats Index. Mm -hmm. uh, some people call it the BISI, yeah. but that's just too many no. syllables. BSI. BSI. So when you take the average ticket price and you divide that into the domestic gross, you get a number... In this case, we get 2.9 million, and uh, 2.9 million is the uh, butts and seats index for Bloodsport. Now, when you compare that to, as everybody knows, the Fight Club standard, standard 7.3 million, 7.3 million butts in seats, less than half. This is less than half. Uh, so it's not that it did poor. I mean, it's not that the movie was a failure financially. The movie made money, not a bunch of money, but it made money. Uh, but but it just wasn't that well watched in the theater. I would definitely say this is one of those certainly been streamed and DVD'd a lot more than people saw. Well, and VHS and VHS a probably lot. a lot of VHS. A lot. Yeah, a whole lot of a whole lot of Bloodsport was watched without paying for the Stars Channel, so you had to watch it in between the diagonal horizontal yeah. lines. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but now, as some comparisons... It could have been porn. You don't know. It could have been, been blood sport. There was skin. There were people groaning and moaning. You just don't know. <laughs> now, on the BSI, just to yes. clarify, the reason that we've done this yes. is so that we can compare movies across the years. Because and genres. Um, a movie that came out in 1972... Yeah. Versus a movie that came out now, and we say, how much did it make? And that one made this And this way one back. made $1 trillion. Yeah, dollars, yeah, yeah. And it's like, wait, what? But if we divide out by the average ticket price of that year, yeah. then we can kind of get a sense of how many people, people. went to the theater now, to see it. we're aware that COVID uh, put a wrench in that. And streaming And has streaming services things. has changed it. But people still go to theaters. I still have been to theaters recently that were nearly yeah. full. So it's still a thing. All right, so by comparison, I started off with one of the most obvious comparisons. Bloodsport. Kickboxer. What? Yeah. I went right straight to Kickboxer, <laughs> released one year later, September 8th, 1989. A 97-minute movie directed by Mark DeSalle and David Wirth. A production budget, very similar, $1.5 Domestic gross, again, pretty similar, 14.7 worldwide the same. Now, the average ticket price the next year was actually 12 cents cheaper. Hmm. Look at that. Three dollars ninety nine cents. But when you do the math, divide the domestic gross by three ninety nine, you get a BSI of three point seven million. So a little so bit more. More people went to see Kickboxer. They were like, "Oh, there was this is kind of like the Bloodsport movie." Uh, I also put out there the Karate Kid, which came out uh, prior, June twenty second, nineteen eighty four, hundred twenty six minutes, a two hour movie. I remember watching this and thinking, "Man, this movie is longer than." This movie's kind of long. Yeah. Little did I know it was part one of Infinity. Yeah. Uh, this was directed by John G. Avildsen. Production budget of $8 million. Domestic gross $91.9. Worldwide yep. the same. Average ticket price in 84 was $3.36. So a BSI, butts and seats, $27.1 million. Like many factors. Four a factors success. Higher. No, very big, very big. <clears throat> then I got one that I'm not sure. I mean, I, know, I don't know this movie. I know many people have seen it, but I'm not sure everybody has. It's called Eat Man. Or some people call it IP Man, but it's Eat Man. Came out October of 2010. I remember when it came out. I watched it and was blown away. Uh, 106 minutes, directed by Wilson Yip. Production budget of 11.7 million. So for 2010, that's a pretty small budget. Domestic gross, $22.1 It's the same worldwide. But this movie has absolutely been just streamed, downloaded, and DVD'd to death. Uh, average ticket price in 2010 was $7.89. So the BSI was $2.8 Not that different than Bloodsport and Kickboxer. A mixed martial arts film? Uh... A, a film about a Chinese uh, martial arts teacher who... Um, who uh, was kind of shunned by the other martial arts teachers in his area, and he had to fight for his position to continue being a martial arts teacher. Okay. Sounds kind of familiar. Sounds yeah. a little bit like uh, the Dragon movie with Bruce Lee, although it would okay. have happened much, much further, much, much earlier yeah. 
and this is a Bruce Lee related story. All right. Uh, I also picked Rocky, December 3rd, 1976, 120 minutes. Also directed by John G. Abelson, who did The Karate Kid. Yes. Don't know if everybody knew, same director. Production budget, $960,000, less than $1 million. A domestic gross, $117.2 million. We all know Rocky did well. Worldwide, just a little more, $117.3. The ticket price in 1976 was $2.13. I remember being as old as I am, helping my brother find coins underneath our couches and all around our house to come up with four or five bucks so we can go see Rocky. And he took me. And I was very young, but we went to see it in a theater. Uh, so the average ticket price, $2.13 that year for a BSI of $55 million. $55 million. When's the last time we saw a BSI of $55 million? It's, it's been, been a while. quite some time. And then I thought, all right, so we're looking at fighting movies, right? Yes. Uh, but also we're looking at like montage movies where you like training montages. Yeah. And I thought, what's another training montage? It's not just, just another fighting movie. So I'm thinking, you know, what movie had an amazing montage of training and there was some fighting? Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing. Let's go with Dirty Dancing. It also happens to have one of my favorite fighters. And I've mentioned this before, but this is one of the movies that I've probably seen more than any other movie. It's a great movie. Because my sister was in love with it, and she's <laughs> older than I am, so she got had control of the VHS so tape. you watched it. Or the VCR. <laughs> so so we watched it and watched it and watched it. This also, and I actually like the movie. I like the movie yeah. very much. This all It's also very quotable. This movie came out in the same era as Bloodsport, Kickboxer, uh, even The Karate Kid. It came out in 1987, August 21st that year. 100 Minutes, directed by Emil Ardolino. Production budget, only $6 million, So another similarity, it had a very low production budget. Domestic gross, though, $64.6 million. Worldwide, $214.6 million. Cha-ching. Cha-ching. Average ticket price three dollars ninety one cents that year, so a BSI of sixteen point five million, two almost two and a half times, well two times anyway, the Fight Club stand. Yeah, so in the in the U.S. Yes, in the U.S. Not that counting the worldwide. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. always we always use the domestic gross. Yeah, divided by the average ticket price because our average ticket prices are average U.S. ticket price, mm-hmm. so that makes more sense. All right, so. This is some just some receipts and comparisons to to, to look at how Bloodsport did. Uh, it did not lose money. It did fine. But you know, normally we just go right to we, we we do a deep dig here. Yeah. But before we do, yeah. Um, Matthew, our 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 our, our no, council member, uh, Nathan. No, I'm sorry, Nathan. I apologize. Our council member who who nominated this. Uh, sorry, Nathan. Uh, you know, the, the council members will occasionally send us uh, a, a gift. A bribe. A bribe. It's a bribe. Yes, a bribe. It's a bribe. So that we'll talk nice about their movies, which we talk nice about their movies anyway. But here I have, just I'll bring this out for you. I know you haven't seen this yet. What do we have right yeah. here? The big little, blue bag. The big blue bag. So why don't you dig into this big blue bag, my All friend? Right. What you got going on in there? So there's a couple of things in this big Are blue there? bag. That I've got... Oh, there's a note. There's a note in here. Ooh, it's lengthy. Uh, so, and then here. Also, there is a... They might be giants. Here come the ABC. Okay. Right there. Yeah. Um, Original songs about the alphabet. Yeah. Learn the ABCs the fun way. I like they might be giants. Uh, yeah. Uh, sometimes the connections are a little bit lost, but the, I also have a WrestleMania, uh, Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant. Right there. Yeah. Giants. So thank you for those thank gifts. You. The uh, the the uh, I've got a letter here that might might explain uh, a little more. Right here uh, it says, "Dear Doug and Gary, uh, who, Mac." Who, yeah, I was gonna say, "Who's Gary?" It's written there. Yeah, that's the, right. Uh, Thank you both so much for taking time out of your schedules to talk about my nomination. Inside the bag, you'll find a few small gifts. To, uh, one of my related to my one of my favorites, Bloodsport. In the beginning of the movie, during the flashback sequence, the actor playing young Frank Dukes is wearing a New York Giants base uh, football jersey and a San Francisco Giants baseball cap. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
I have to imagine the wardrobe department was told that Frank was a big Giants fan, but they didn't know which team, so they decided to cover both bases. Perfect. And I like to think that's what happened anyway. Kyle Brian Brown brought this up to me when we were doing a Bloodsport versus Kickboxer episode a few years back, and I've thought it was hilarious ever since. And in my mind, Frank Dukes just likes Giants in general. In general. Which is why we have a They Might Be Giants CD, CD and, and Andre, Andre the, the Giant, Giant action to, figure to go with the uh, because Frank Dukes likes New Giants. York Giants football jersey and the San Francisco Giants baseball cap doesn't matter what kind of giant <laughs> love I, it I was like uh, there's got to be a connection I'm glad there's a letter with this one so with the, that context in mind please accept these gifts as my way of saying thank you for doing this episode uh, Nathan thank you, thank you very, very much, much. Uh, I appreciate the thoughtfulness of this one it's, it's, a, a, it's a deep one it, it's a deep it's cut a, it's a thinker because when I was looking at the gifts I was like I think Brad is messing with us yeah, that's happened before <laughs> yeah there was one time where Brad took random stuff put, put it in a bag and said it was our gift he's like it's a puzzle so we were just looking at it for a while so <laughs> no thank you fun. Nathan thank you alright so Nathan's nomination uh, is as follows Pantheon to me is about celebrating films and sharing them with our friends and the community we've built. If they get in, great. If they don't, no worries. I just want to use my time to have fun and talk about my favorite films. And so, it is in that spirit that I'd like to nominate Bloodsport. I think most people would say that Kickboxer was Jean-Claude Van Damme's best movie, but we did a Versus a few years back and Bloodsport packed its lunch. Bloodsport is not a perfect movie. There's some hilariously bad acting at times, a paper-thin plot that you can poke holes through all day, and on top of everything else, it's, quote, based on a true story, end quote. But it turns out the real Frank Dukes is a serial liar who just made the whole thing up. And all of that stuff, he says the other word, just adds to the experience for me. Bloodsport doesn't have the best martial arts action scenes, that would be Legend of Drunken Master, arguably. But it has really memorable ones. It has a super cool cast of primary characters and an amazing villain. And all the extra fighters at the tournament are awesome to watch. It also has not one, not two, but three scenes with rockin' 80 powers anthems. Power anthems. And that just makes me happy in my soul. Nathan, we are two, of a, two peas in a pod, buddy. And I think others feel the same way for the most part. It's just so effing cheesy, you can't help but smile. It's the kind of stuff I watch and immediately think to myself, this is the kind of crap that Brad would eat up. <laughs> LOL. LOL. As the kids say nowadays. Anyway, I'm excited to put it out there for everyone to hear and what you think. For everyone, and hear what you think. It's hard to nominate something to follow up effing alien and I know that Bloodsport might seem totally out of left field, but I love it, and I want to share it with all of you. So that's what we're doing. Okay, USA. Okay, USA out of five. Out of five. Now, that's fun. And it fits with the nominations that we've seen so far this season, which have all kind of been these heart movies, yeah. right? Yeah. They, <laughs> They're like they things reach that in just, there and, and touch you. That they just love. And so, I've heard that the next nomination is actually exactly the same kind of a yeah. thing, by the so way. It, so this is in the spirit of season eight, that's for sure. That is for sure. So well, let's talk a little bit about Bloodsport. Let's talk about the some uniqueness of this movie. I mean, there are a lot of fight movies. What's unique about this one from your perspective, Mr. Dr. Don and Doug? So this movie definitely does have a cast of characters specifically related to the the uh, the not the villains but the fighters that you watch through mm -hmm. and they're all different they're all interesting that mm -hmm. they may be a bit stereotypical at times sure. in in in, uh, in what they are but it is it's interesting to watch you know uh, and the fight scenes are fun yeah uh, and the fighters stay in their style during their scene. Like, they obviously are all trained in multiple mixed styles, but they stick to it. They do. So, uh, in terms of a movie that is, uh, has, it's iconic in terms of uh, 
unless unless you're a person who sees this and thinks it's kickboxer, mm-hmm. which would be crazy. That's nuts. That would be nuts. That's crazy. But That's this this nuts. movie is definitely a product of its time, and it is a movie that is recognizable when you see it. We're like, oh yeah, I know what I'm watching yeah. right here. Yeah. Um, other uniquenesses for you. So I feel one of the things that I feel is unique about this movie is that uh, that it, it was, at least when it was released, this was based on an unbelievable true story. Now, I, I realize over time we found out that it wasn't a true story. But when, we, when the movie came out, it was based on a true story that was just almost too good to believe. Yeah. But there was enough truth in there that... People swallowed it. I mean, they made a movie based on it, yeah. right? And uh, even kept the guy's real name in there, right? So, it's uh, the credits at the very end even list off Frank Dukes and yep. you know his accomplishments and so on. And you know that's not true with necessarily Rocky. That's just sort of based around multiple stories. Sure. Uh, Karate Kid, of course, is a, a made-up story, and a lot of these other ones are. But this one, at least for me, it's the first one I can remember that was supposed to be based on you know actual events. I'd never heard of Kumite before. Um, I, I, the rumors I heard about the movie before I saw it for the first time was that Kumite was a fight to the death. That that's why you went there. They, yes. One person lives, which is not true. Um, but it, it, the hype around it was pretty cool. It was like, oh, this is based on a true story. The guy that tells the story won Kumite more than once, right? Yeah. So that was kind of uh, also unique for me. I'm not going to say this movie inspired my interest in martial arts because I was into boxing and and, uh, and wrestling and stuff prior to this movie, but uh, it certainly uh, re-engaged it for me. As far as a uniqueness of this film, which could also be a challenge mm-hmm. for, uh, for somebody who was voting on this, mm-hmm. this movie, as said by many people, even the nominator, mm-hmm. has bad elements and it could fall into the camp of best worst movie yeah a w- Tight, worst like movie, a genre not a good, not a good that movie. is a a good bad movie right uh, or a bad good you know like a i don't think it's bad enough on purpose to be that yeah which that's the challenge to mm-hmm. it right mm-hmm. and the question is like when i'm when i was watching it and i was like all right do i do i put this up against movies like rocky or do I put this up against movies like Miami Connection? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Um, for some, when they watch this, they're like, no, the cheesiness makes the movie even more special. Yeah, it's 80s cheesy. It's 80s cheesy. Others would argue it's, there's, other, there's movies that are 80s cheesy that aren't bad. Right. And this one, they thought they were seriously making a good movie. Yep. And there were parts of it that, you know, you know, Forrest Whitaker shows up and you're like, oh, that guy can act. I, I bet he's going to have a future. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. and, the, and the other the other, uh, the other government agent with or cop with Forrest Whitaker, yeah. he's the guy from The Thing. Like, yeah. He's been in a million things and he's he always plays that character right there. Yeah. 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 So uh, those are some of the thoughts, uniquenesses yeah. and challenges. I think we've mentioned several of the challenges, the, the acting, the terrible accents. Not just Jean-Claude's, but others. Well, when you go down the Inception rabbit hole of Jean-Claude Van Damme's bad accent, and then the fact that they found a child actor to... I don't know if they did it on purpose to match the badness of his accent, but that kid was awful. And here's the thing. Jean-Claude Van Damme is not a a, a overly... Like, he's not a larger-than-average type guy as far as physical height. But the kid they picked was clearly a larger-than-average kid with a a very particularly shaped head. Yep. He did not look anything like Jean-Claude Van Damme. Nope. And in fact, I thought the other white kid was supposed to be John Claude, <laughs> the instigator who broke into yeah, the house. Yeah. And then I realized, oh no, that's supposed to be Frank. Okay, weird. Okay. No, that guy is. Uh, no. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was odd. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, and then, but you know, as far as insights go, uh, I did have one 
insight. Like in, he looked like he was going to grow up to be David Schwimmer. Yeah, right. Exactly. Instead of that's Jean-Claude what he, that's, Van Damme. That's what he looked like. <laughs> I had another insight is that in that, you know, this movie coming out in the 80s when it did, I'm watching it and, and I, 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 I tend to kind of see things in movies and go, oh, that's from some other movie. Oh, that's a storyline from this other movie. And I realized, and I can't remember all of them, but there were at least three places where I said, oh, that's a storyline from something else. When the kids were uh, getting into the house and they were looking at the samurai sword and then they all ran away and then the, 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 the dad, the teacher comes yeah. out and sends his son to whoop young Frank Dukes' rear end uh, to teach him a lesson for breaking in, I went, oh, that's the G.I. Joe storyline uh, for uh, for the ninja guys, right? Uh, and I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I thought, wait, no, these are 20, 20 plus years apart. Yeah. Uh, so that's not. like the, So there's parts of this movie that were inspirations and, and, and uh, uh, first time it happened, right, for a number of other movies. Now, there was other... Now, in reverse, there were things that inspired this movie. Like, for instance, pretty like many of Bolo Young's the the big bad guy, his lines came kind of straight out of Enter other, the Dragon. Yeah, other movies exactly. <laughs> so because he was playing pretty much yeah, the same thing. Yeah. Like, oh, I I know those lines already. Yeah. So anyway, that was just an insight that I had. So you know, we've talked about uh, uh, some of this, but let's break it down a little bit. Let's let's we and, and we've kind of highlighted some of the negative elements, but let's talk about some of the standout moments in acting and casting. Bolo Young, absolutely great I, bad guy. You. Yeah, fantastic bad guy. Fantastic, and 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 he did so many other good things. It's kind of like, of course he did, right? Yeah, because he's very good at what he does. And uh, and mentioned before, Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. Anytime he was on, anytime he was on the screen, you were like, oh. This just became a legitimate movie. It's a legitimate movie. And Ogre from, and I can't remember the actor's name now. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. But uh, uh, the guy from uh, uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Well, we're talking about uh, Jackson. Yeah. I thought he was appropriately schlocky and stereotypical. Donald Gibb. Thank you, Donald Gibb. Uh, Donald, my apologies, sir. I know you're a listener to our uh, podcast. Yeah. So, uh, anyway. Uh, Donald, uh, I, I thought that his his part in this movie was actually really fun. Yeah, I'm not gonna say he's a great actor because I've never seen him in anything where he was a great like yeah. where he was a standout Oscar winner. <laughs> Donald Gibb his, in Hamlet, but that is not his thing. <laughs> no. His thing is exactly what he yeah. did in this movie, and he did it perfectly. Yeah, uh, I also thought that. Um, the, you know, the the dad yes. uh, did a fine job I as well. I thought that the, the, the dad, the, the, the teacher. Yeah, the, Danny Chow. The sensei. I thought he was great. I liked him a lot. I liked his character. I thought it was kind of weird that he's yeah. totally fine. Then his son dies and he's on his deathbed. Then, you know, whatever. But but I thought he did a good job. Uh, how about directing and editing? There were hit and miss, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's parts of, again... The fight, the fight sequences the fight scenes, are fight scenes. all filmed and edited well. well, edited well, shot well. Yeah, fun to watch. Anytime that we were in the the Kumite Stadium, uh-huh. that it was good stuff. Well, and I thought the training montage of Jean Claude getting his rear end handed to him repeatedly until finally he, you know, figures out how this is supposed to work. I thought that was done well. Yeah, uh, and again, this would have been an early version of a montage, right? I know Rocky was ten years before, but I'm just saying there weren't that many movies with this at this point. Yes, and they went all in on montages, Absolutely. where there was montages within montages. There was a, there, <laughs> there was, was a, there was there a, was a montage, montage at the, of the of end a foot and at race the beginning. <laughs> where he barely even tried to run away and still outran Forrest Whitaker yeah. and the other guy. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, there was a montage inside of a montage. Uh, but I thought those were. I thought much of the rest, the storyline itself, and the the directing and editing of that was thin. Yeah, uh, and that would go with screenplay and story yeah, as well. But again, the story is based on not truthfulness, and the screenplay is based on a a a, a fun but not real story. So. And uh, so one of the things I used to write plays for dear our dear friend Uncle Chris mm-hmm. way way back when. Shout and out I to would, Uncle Chris. I, 
Yes, he'll be listening for sure. Sure, Holland, the, Michigan, uh, go go. And uh, but I would write him stuff, and I would send him the first draft, and then he would he would be like, "That's great, but this needs subplots." Yeah, like I have a bunch of kids who need roles, and I need like this is fine, but it's thin. Uh-huh. It needs subplots. This movie didn't have a lot of subplots. No, it was it, just it, the one. It was just it followed the path here. It was a love story. Yeah, and there was the. The, the, and, the government guys trying to keep him from fighting in the Kumite, who just attended the Kumite and clapped for him when he won. But yeah. whatever. Anyway, they didn't try that hard. But but uh, but any of that extra stuff just wasn't there. And th- I think that would have rounded out some Agreed. Uh, of this, for sure. Now, Cinematography and locations? I tell you something. Some of my favorite locations, the Kumite ring itself, I liked it. I liked the fact that it was adjustable to the two slanted sides yep. or flat. I also liked the gritty... Alley with the bare electric cables and bundles above your head and the water dripping everywhere. Why everybody wasn't electrocuted, I don't know. I thought that was just awesome. And it's like uh, uh, Dukes apparently had narrated what that was like and someone just found a cruddy alley like it yeah. and they filmed in it. Yeah, It was awesome. Uh, the rest of it was just sort of almost like uh, prepackaged shots of of Hong Kong or yeah. Hong Kong, right? Yeah, or like stock footage. Yeah, stock footage and, and stuff like that. So, you know, whatever. Now the score. How do you feel about How it? How do you go wrong with a bunch of 80s power ballads? There and... were times where I was like, is this Don't You Forget About Me? Uh, <laughs> when, but it was the, like, I, I'm on my own is the song. I think it was, but it was like very much, I'm like, all right, this very much sounds like another 80s song. So that's if out there. I were to listen to, uh, if I were to think about this or hear songs from this movie, they don't make me think about this movie. Because the soundtrack was full of a lot of songs that I liked from the 80s and still might even listen to, but they don't remind me of this movie. Yeah. So while the soundtrack had some cool stuff in it, to me, the soundtrack is not... Like, if I hear songs from Top Gun, I know I'm listening to Top Gun. Sure. Or Karate Kid. Because, like, there's themes, there's, yeah. like, orchestral themes or yeah. whatever Andy that, and that pull things but together. But even then, you got the, the, it's not even like the, uh, the, the, the John Williams stuff from Indiana Jones or Star Wars, where, like, you hear that, you, that your, your mind is drawn right back to the movie. In this case, they drew on songs that were popular for the time, may or may not actually be unique yeah. to the movie. Special effects and notables. You know, the notables for me were the fight scenes and the skills of the actor, actors, which were all fighters. The, the fighters were all real fighters. Yep. And uh, that was where they both saved money, uh, but also where I think they they uh, hit that piece right out of the park. Yeah. As opposed to um, uh, some other movies where they get not real fighters and then they train them up and then have them go do a tournament. Or like the uh, the whole first season of Iron Fist on Netflix, where the 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 Danny whatever character that was like, you don't know martial arts at all. You're supposed to be a martial arts master. Now they trained him up more for later on, but that first season you're like, this is rough. Yeah, this is. And any time that he had to fight, that they would quick cut away, and you're like, the like stunt stunt double stunt double. <laughs> yeah. How about an X factor? For me. This doesn't have an X factor for me personally. Yeah. I know it would for some nostalgia. Obviously, Nathan uh, nominated this like because like he loved the movie, um, and for some folks that watched this at the right time, hit in the right way, that it would have that. For me, not much. Yeah, not yeah. much. For me, it has two. The, the martial arts itself, always a draw for me. And, and you know, I'm, I'm more fascinated with just watching the fight scenes and watching the, the martial artists do all their different styles and trying to figure out where they were from. Uh, and literally, so many. I was going to say every, but that's not true. So many different martial arts were represented there. But that's one, and I just, that just interests me. But the second one is just the era and the fact that they were celebrating their era. And that's a part of why it's got the schlock it does, but... Uh, those two were good for me. All right, so awards. This has one nomination for a Razzie Award, <laughs> uh, which also happens to be connected to a trivia point. Van Damme was nominated for a Golden Raspberry Award for Worst New Star. However, he did not win. 
Did not win. No, everyone's favorite clown, Ronald McDonald, in Mac and Me won. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mac and Me. Oh, Mac and Me. All right. So, uh, some other little trivia pieces about this movie. Uh, this is one of the few films featuring scenes filmed inside the Kowloon Walled City before its destruction. That's those uh, alleyways I was talking sure. about. Uh, it, it, the, this this walled city was the slum to end all slums. It was a ginormous block of of uh, of, uh, of packed humanity. Now uh, Jean Claude Van Damme actually knocked out uh, Bernard Mariano, who played Hussein, Hussein, with his elbow, and that scene made it into the movie. Yeah, it was an ac- accident. I'm assuming Frank's uh, Frank Dukes was the fight coordinator for the film. Uh, while a lot of his story was BS, he actually was a martial artist. When Jean-Claude Van Damme was cast, Dukes announced that Van Damme wasn't nearly in good enough shape. So he put him in a three-month training program. Van Damme, who was a world championship martial artist in his own right, called it the hardest training of his life. Sure, sure. It is now, and we've talked about this, generally mm. accepted that Dukes lied his way into Hollywood and that he has never likely won or even competed in a single martial arts <laughs> tournament, nor did he do a number of the other things no. that were on the list uh, no. that he talked about. No. Midway's hit video game, which I have played many, many, many times, Mortal Kombat, finish her, 1992, took huge inspiration from this film and even used a parody of Jean-Claude Van Damme for the character Johnny Cage who has a similar costume, backstory, and a familiar split punch. Or we could call it a nutshot. A nutshot. According to game creator John Tobias, they wanted to make a gritty game based on this film. And if this film, if Bloodsport has any incredible lasting uh, impact, that blood, that Mortal Kombat was based on this film, yeah. that is an amazing thing. That's amazing. Mortal Kombat... And how yeah, many other martial arts fighting games have you played yeah. that are not Mortal Kombat, but they're all based on the same concept? This all came from this movie. Uh, have you ever... So they were playing an arcade game in the film. And yeah, I think Street it Fighter. Was, was it Street Fighter yeah. or Kung Fu? No, it was Street Fighter. It was Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. It was in our very early, early version. Early, yeah, side-scroller dealio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to figure out what that was. Because yeah. I was like, it looks like Kung Fu, the, the, the side-scroller uh, game. But it, Kung Fu is not... Uh, um, like you end up fighting pots that have cobras in them and right. stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, not each other. Yeah. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme does his trademark splits a total of seven times during this film. Well, when you're good at something. When you're good at something, you, gotta you, keep you going do, back do to that. what you know. Keep going to the same tree, do baby. Do what you know. Uh, Chong Li, Bolo Young, says, Brick not hit back after Frank Dukes breaks a brick. In Enter the Dragon, which uh, he, he was also in, Bruce Lee's character says, Boards don't hit back when Bob Wall's character breaks a board. So let's see. Which one came out first? Enter the Dragon or uh, Blood Sp- oh, Enter the Dragon. Yeah, that's a 70s movie. Yeah. All right. So we're on to voting time. Sure. And as noted before, that we are out after the fact on this one. The horse yeah. has left the, the barn yeah. already. That's right. This movie did not make it did in. Did not make it in. That it got a 4 out of 11. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the people who did say yes were Nathan, mm-hmm. Brad, Brad, and Adam. And then also the Facebook poll. So that's the four votes. Guest voter Josh McLaughlin said no. No. And AV council members April, Kyle, Ryan, Marshall, Matthew and Jeremy mm-hmm. also said no. Said no. So uh, that's the the rundown on the votes. So even though our votes aren't like they're not going to change the outcome. No. What's your vote? My vote would be no. Yeah. And and my vote would would also be no, but it would but it would be a qualified no in that like I wish I could say yes. I really do. I do like this movie very much. There's just too many things. Yeah. That even Nathan has mentioned. Yeah. Uh, that make it kind of kind of tough to but say yes to. This is also an opportunity for us to be able to talk about this film, which we probably never would do otherwise. Right. Uh, and that's the fun of Pantheon. That's the fun of Pantheon. Is that because we, we weren't in the Bloodsport versus Kickboxer? Uh, uh, ver- you know, we weren't in that nope. podcast. So otherwise, we could have talked about it then. Yeah. So I mean, 
over the years that we've had the chance to talk about all, things like Godfather mm-hmm. and and Saving Private Ryan and Alien, but Alien. we've also talked about uh, uh, we've talked about um, uh, this Sound of Music slutty co- slutty cousin yeah. cabaret. cabaret. We've talked about some indie films. We've talked about the Blob and you know yeah, dear dear. Uh, uh, dear Zachary, Zachary, a letter to uh, a son. Uh, yeah, yeah, which was a sad, hard to watch movie. And yeah, and more do the right thing. Yeah, yeah. Right? All these movies talk about all these different kinds of movies, but not something like Bloodsport. And by the way, I just want to throw something out there. Uh, I rewatched a movie today that I hadn't seen in a very long time. Well, I say very long, a couple of years probably. Titanic. Yeah. And as I'm watching it, I realize how much emotional impact the movie has to me. And I got to thinking about Nathan's nomination and him saying how much emotional impact this movie has to him. Now, I know that there are people who can pull, pull apart Titanic and complain about this and that. But if someone said to me in this moment right now, hey, nominate a movie that it may or may not make Pantheon, but that is really significant to you. That would be in my top three sure. of of that nomination in this moment because, sure. uh, and, and it just kind of reminded me of these. You know, we talk about these movies uh, because they're important to someone, mm-hmm. and they might hit and they're big for everybody, but they also might be like, uh, no, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and so that that that's pretty brave to actually nominate something that means a lot to you and let people talk about it. Sure. Right? Nathan's attitude about that's pretty. Pretty good. If I nominated Titanic and people tore it to pieces and, and, and trashed it, that would hurt. Yeah. It would sting. Yeah, and the, I think uh, there's... I've heard conversations of uh, that there's certain movies that are close to people's hearts that they won't nominate. They won't. Because if they didn't make it in... It would hurt. And I think for Nathan, one of them was The Last Crusade. Yeah. That I, he'd nominate it, but... If it ever got shot down, he'd take that one personal. Indiana Jones and yeah. not the not the Last Temptation of Christ. No, which, no, it's a different movie. I'm just to be clear, movie. and uh, a Scorsese film, another opportunity for Scorsese <laughs> to get in. Uh, All right. Do you have any other final comments before no, we close? Thank you, Nathan, for the opportunity. Sorry that we came a little late to the game on this one. Vacations and life got in the way, but uh, we're still glad to talk about the movie very much. And as always, I hope everyone has enjoyed tonight's conversation. Dr. Diamond Doug, where can Videoland find you? Oh, you're going to find me on Facebook. Yeah, me too. You'll find me on Facebook. Uh, you'll also find Adventures in Videoland on Instagram at adventuresinvideoland.com. But the conversation always begins and ends on Facebook in our group. You've been listening to Criticism in its Finest Hour. Until next time, Videolanders. Kumate! Kumate. Oh, wait, wait, Kumate. How about this one? You want a shirt, Sparks? <laughs> yeah, you know what? Those are all pretty good, but how about this? We love, we love you. you. <laughs>